And now, for the most famous words in motorsports, leading you, the greatest fans in racing, to command to fire those engines, we want to introduce Mr. Tim Reno and Justin Allgaier. How are we doing, St. Louis? On behalf of Gateway International Raceway and myself, thank you guys all very much for coming out and braving the heat for the Illinois, the Missouri Illinois Dodge Dealers 250. And uh, especially thank the Allgaier section because you guys are in full force tonight, so thank you. Uh, but on the count of three, you're going to join us and gentlemen start your engine. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Gentlemen, gentlemen start, start your, your engines. engines. All right, another episode of the Speed Podcast. Ready to go, Tyler Head, Dalton Mullinax with you as always. Coming off of an exciting weekend for the Cup Series inaugural trip to Gateway. And there's something about these inaugural events, whether it be the Bristol Dirt Race whether it be the L.A. Coliseum race over this year. Now going to Gateway for the first time in the Cup Series, Joey Logano always finds a way to get himself to victory lane, and that's what he did on Sunday, getting his second win of the season. And kind of what we've been talking about the entire season with Ford, almost an out-of-nowhere type of win because they just haven't shown speed consistently. Yeah, I mean, and I was looking at our picks before we started recording. Neither one of us picked him, and it's like, what were we thinking? We should have just, just followed tradition here. and. Pick Lagarde BDA. It was it was one of those where was it really a factor? I mean, yeah, they had good practice and speed. They qualified well. Um, good speed and practice, not good practice and speed. That doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just kind of one of those, like you said, out of nowhere. You you didn't really expect them to have this great weekend. But at one point in time, I want to say they had like five of the top seven, like in stage three. I mean, they were they were really having a good day. Yeah, they were having a good day. I wouldn't say Logano was the, didn't seem like he was the fastest as far as race speed went. But on that last pit stop, he and Kyle Busch, they ended up racing for the win, both took advantage of taking two tires because the tire fall off wasn't that crazy at Gateway. And, you know, it was a little bit harder to pass. They made it work. Um, once those two guys got out front late in the race, it, was, it just kind of became a show between those two. And, man, they put on a heck of a finish in those last two laps and let overtime restart. Well, I was – obviously, them two have – their differences and clearly don't like one another. Um, but I was glad to see them race cleanly and, and just really go after it. You know, I mean, it was a good final 10 to 15 lap stretch. It was now if, um, if Bush was within a car link going into three and four, I think we might be talking about a different story, but Logano was able to gap him there in that last restart. We didn't really have a shot to just dive bomb and uh, move him out of the way. Cause I'm pretty sure he would have done that. Um, but yeah, those oh, yeah. race really hard, race really clean. I think I saw them make like slight contact maybe one time while racing for the lead. But you know, overall, very clean race between two of the most aggressive drivers, which is a little bit surprising. Yeah, not really what you were expecting. Like you said, like you said, I, I agree with you that if if Kyle had been a little bit closer on the final lap going into three and four, I, I think he would have sent it and pushed the issue. And for Logano, obviously, second win. You know, lot. I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't think we're going to get more than 16 winners. So he's already locked in with his win anyway. But now he's building on that. He's getting more playoff points, he's winning stages. You know, he's starting to build up. And who knows, maybe by the time the playoffs are all around, Ford's will have things figured out these other tracks and he can become a serious contender. But, uh, you know, for the fact that he's gotten two wins on what's been considered an off year for Ford, that's pretty good for Joey Logano. Yeah, definitely. Um, Kyle Busch finishing second, another one of these races where it's like if it's one thing doesn't happen, he's probably looking at winning three or four races this season, um, and that's another one that got away. But I kind of take away 
from what we saw Sunday as the season as a whole, Kyle Busch is kind of getting back to his old form again. You know, you look at – he won the championship in 2019, obviously. 2020 was a disappointing year, only got the one win at the end of the season. Won twice last year, but those weren't like races that he dominated or looked super strong in. They just kind of fell into his lap. Now he's really putting himself in position, leading laps, winning stages. Being there at the end, the luck hasn't always gone his way, like at Las Vegas and here at um, Gateway as well, but he's getting these top five finishes. He's showing that front-running speed. That could be dangerous come playoff time. Well, he's back to where you think he's got a chance to win every week. Right. And, you know, two, three, four years ago, um, you know, kind of – I don't want to call it a lull. He's still one of the best drivers with one of the best teams, and he has good results. But, I mean, it, from Kyle Busch standards, it's been a slow couple of years for him. Um, and, and like you said, he start, you, you start to see an upward trajectory of, of – he's starting to come for him. He's, every week he's got a chance to win the race, and he's there at the end. And I think, like you said, I don't think it bodes well for everybody else when we get around to playoff time to get the 18-team hot. Well, and I think when you look at what this next-gen car has brought back to the Cup Series, where they are harder to drive, where you are a little bit more on edge, that's Kyle Busch's style. And again, I know he won the championship in 2019, but I think these high downforce cars where you're just flat-footing it around the track didn't really match what makes him good. So now that you've right. put it back in the driver's hands a little bit, and, you know, as Toyota's slowly figuring this out and getting their speed up and up and up, Kyle Busch is like, okay, I'm back up front, contending for wins again. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of excitement in this race on Sunday outside of the battle for the lead. Um, Ross Chastain probably has a laundry list of people that don't like him right now. The top of that list being Denny Hamlin and uh, Chase Elliott. Cause, and I give Ross Chastain credit. He owned up to it. He was a little bit of a wrecking ball on Sunday. I, I wouldn't even call it a little bit of a wrecking ball. He was the whole thing. You know, I, 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 I'm glad that he owned up to it after the race. Um, but at the same point in time, I, I thought it was kind of – I think he kind of took, took it too far. I mean, look, it, it, it's, it's a sport where – and it's a shorter track where you're going to have to use your car. Now, did he use it more than he should have this past weekend? Yes, okay. But I also – like, if I, was a, if I was a crew member on his, on his team, I wouldn't be happy with him saying, oh, I know I've got one coming back and I deserve it. Like, no, I'd be pissed. I mean, you know, it's just – I feel like he's just setting himself up to be bullied for, for the next several. And I think the Hamlin situation was a little more egregious than the Elliott. He was kind of in the middle of three wide with Elliott, and nobody really talked about it, but Austin Dillon kind of shoved him up the track into Elliott. Should Ross Chastain yep. have been in the middle right there? Maybe, maybe not. But um, I think the Hamlin thing was a little bit worse of an offense, and, of course, it ended up ruining Hamlin's day, trapping a couple laps down. And I, uh, I got to say, that cat and mouse game they played for the rest of the day was – thoroughly entertaining and according to Denny it's not over yet because he doesn't think he's truly gotten his revenge yeah I mean I and you don't expect it to be because he didn't really screw up Chastain's day like Chastain did to Denny Mm -hmm. um but then then you know you think after the race okay it's over till next week then it spills over onto Twitter yep you've got Denny playing Chris Gabehart you've got Justin Marks going at it and it's like Okay, here we go. I mean, I guess this is going to be, you know, I didn't think, I think, didn't think Denny Hamlin versus Ross Chastain was a rivalry that we were going to get, but I guess yeah. we're starting it. And at the end of the day, Ross Chastain still came in with a top 10 finish. Now, did those incidents with Hamlin maybe prevent him from being a little bit closer to the front and continuing for a win? There's an argument to be made there, but he still came away with a solid day. 
Um, I think Hamlin's more thinking like playoff time, one of these elimination races where maybe Ross isn't locked into the next round and then costing him. Um, I think he's thinking a little bit further um, down the line there. I got to ask you this. What did you think of NASCAR after the first instance where Hamlin basically ran him down the track in the grass in the back straightaway saying, okay, you've made your point. Let's cool it now. And Hamlin literally laughing in their faces about it. Like is, was that, I feel like that was too early for NASCAR to step in because nothing had really happened from a retaliation standpoint at that, at that point yet. Yeah. Yeah. What? No, I agree with you. Cause it, it's one of those NASCAR wants to be the boys have at them. And it wasn't like Denny hooked him and turned him into the wall. Yeah. You know, um, he just ran him down the track and everybody knew, everybody knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, but the, I guess my thing, this is where my issue comes in with it. NASCAR says that's enough and then continues to let Denny do that the rest of the race. I don't have a problem with anything Denny did. And I'm not usually a Denny defender, sure. but I don't have a problem with anything he did on Sunday. Yeah. But my problem with NASCAR is, okay, if you say when he runs down the track, that that's it that's enough then why didn't you penalize him for anything else that happens yeah because you know a lot of th- like with with nascar and several sports you set a precedent sure okay so now all the other drivers know well if nascar says that's enough they don't really mean that's enough yeah well so yeah. I, I, kind of annoying really and there was one instance where um i think it was after the elliott situation where chastain had to pit and repair some damage so he was effectively on the six minute clock and then he runs up on Denny Hamlin, who slows him down tremendously, almost to the point where he wasn't able to meet minimum speed. So I was like, okay, what if Hamlin slows him up enough, doesn't meet minimum speed? Did NASCAR park Ross Chastain because Denny Hamlin? Like, now you're starting to get to a little bit of a funky yeah. area um, where, you know, Denny Hamlin, again, he's, he's several laps down. His day is effectively done. His only goal from that point on is to ruin Ross Chastain's day. And he could have ruined it to a tremendous degree if he doesn't get up to speed. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, that was uh, thoroughly entertaining. I think the deal with him and, and Chase is kind of open and shut. You know, he ran into Chase. Chase spins on the front straightaway. A couple restarts later, Chase hits him and knocks him up the track up to the wall. I think that's closed and shut. I don't expect any more out of that. But the Denny and that Ross Ch- uh, saga, that's definitely going to continue. Yeah. And I think for Chase, too, I, I think it's just frustration of it's been a rough couple weeks for them. It has. You know, I mean, they, their points lead is – pretty much down to zero at this point um you know it just hasn't been a good few weeks for them and i think you're just you're probably frustrated as a driver and then you know you get taken you feel like you get taken out and you just you get pissed off at the world and you know again i agree that that little saga is over but denny versus ross that's not going away you say it's been a frustrating few weeks. Chase Elliott is still your points leader, by the way, by nine hall yep. points over Kyle Busch. So this yep. is the best, most frustrating season ever, I guess. I, something like that, yeah. Yeah, it continues to fly under the radar. But, again, if Kyle Busch keeps knocking off these second-place finishes, puts himself in contention to win, he could have that points lead by the end of Sonoma this weekend. Yeah, a place that both of them run well at. They do. Um, looking at this race as a whole, and I was super excited to go to Gateway. I've loved this track for a long time. It's such a – unique track because it's not like anything else like there's comparisons to martinsville there's comparisons to phoenix and richmond but it's kind of its own thing especially with those long straightaways and again you know we knew it was going to be harder to pass and stuff like that but i think overall i mean they were going four and five wide at some points you should never be able to do that kind of stuff on a track like that i think overall it was a very successful race the crowd was early into it a great crowd showed up 
Um, and, you know, I assumed Gateway was going to be on the schedule next way, next year anyway, but we got confirmation on that. Um, I think this track's just going to continue to get better. Yeah, I mean, after after practice on Saturday, they practiced on – whenever they practiced, I think it was Saturday. Um, but it was, you know, one of the first things Blaney said was, good luck passing this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, that's not what we want. But, again, like, I was – thoroughly impressed with the ability it was difficult to pass at times sure um but like you said there were three four you know sometimes even five wide on restarts um made for a really entertaining race well what's so unique about gateway and you would think that you would just run the bottom line in the corners but everyone was kind of running the middle of the top because that's where the speed was so that opened up a lane on the bottom which allowed these guys to put themselves in position to make those passes and you know looking at the final restart with Logano and Kyle Busch, I mean, they put on a great show there and showed that uh, passing, um, you know, certainly wasn't impossible. Could it be better? Sure. And, you know, there's some rumors out there that NASCAR may take the diffusers off of these cars for some of these shorter races later on in the season. I think that would help tremendously. But even that being said, we still had a solid race on Sunday. And, you know, we just checked the numbers a little bit ago, came away with a pretty solid rating. Yeah. And that's, that's what you want. You know, good crowd, good ratings and, and a solid race. Yeah. So, you know, it's, Obviously, we know the, the mile and a half stuff is, is really, really good this year. And this car was obviously designed, um, you know, to race good at mile and a half. But, you know, if we can get these shorter tracks figured out to, to make the passing easier like it used to be, it kind of honestly reminds me of 2019 when we were running the giant spoilers everywhere. And, you know, I think between the fall and spring Martinsville races, the two winners combined only like 950 of the 1,000 laps or something like that. So it reminds me of that a little bit, not that egregious. Um, but yeah, if we can get this situation figured out for the playoffs where we go to places like Bristol and Martinsville again, um, I think we're going to be in for a lot of good racing at the shorter tracks. I agree. Oh, well, the racing wasn't as good was uh, on the West Coast on Saturday, uh, the Xfinity Series' first trip to Portland, which when I saw it was raining at that race, I knew exactly what to expect. It's going to be a you-know-what show. These guys are going to be all over the place. What I didn't expect, though, was Jesse Awuji to take out the leader under caution. I just, I, th- there, there aren't enough words for that one. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I knew he wasn't that good of a driver, but dang, I didn't really think that you could do it under caution. And, and you know what? You use the word driver there. To me, Jesse yeah. is not a race car driver. He's a person that manages to drive a race car. Big difference, you know? Yeah, and that's true. If you read his biography, he decided he wanted to race like 10 years ago and I don't know where the money comes from, but now he owns his own team and he goes out there and puts around, you know, 14 seconds off the pace. That's actually how slow he was in practice on Friday out in Portland, 14 seconds off the leader's pace. I mean, we talk about this minimum speed thing all the time. How is that even remotely acceptable? Yeah. You're not, you're not even in the ballpark at that point in time. No. And here's the crazy thing. Kyle Weatherman's run like three races in that car. And he's running the top 15. He was running in like the top 15 at Charlotte uh, last weekend before he ended up getting caught up in a wreck. That car clearly has speed. You just need a comparable driver behind the wheel to get the speed out of it. And, and again, just seems like a really cool guy. And I respect the hell out of, you know, his military service and all that stuff. The guy's not a race car driver. And it, it's just become this running theme with him. Every time you talk about him, he's running into the leader. He's getting caught up in a wreck that he was 10 seconds behind. He's merging in front of two guys in the lead lap and causing a big wreck like this is his reputation and it's not going to change anytime soon yeah he just doesn't know what to do i no. mean just know what to do and you know 
I don't, did you read his PR statement that he put out on Twitter that had several typos in it? Yes. Like, it's just, maybe he's his own PR team too. I don't know. But it's like, and NASCAR's in a tough spot because they're the ones that allowed him on the track in the first place. Now I'm one of the people that believes we could definitely have a better betting process. And I, I think about what happened, you know, last year with Jennifer Joe Cobb when she was denied running a Talladega in the Cup Series, despite having like a hundred something truck series starts and a ton of Xfinity series starts too, they didn't think it would be safe for her. So why is Jesse Wuji allowed to run literally everywhere in the second highest stock car racing series in the world when he clearly shows he's not capable of knowing how to race? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, what do you do? And, and again, NASCAR is definitely in a tough position because, of course, he co-owns his team with Emmett Smith, a very well-known name in the sports world. And how that deal came about, I don't exactly know. And it was funny. I think it was at Texas a couple weeks ago because, of course, Emmett Smith, Dallas Cowboy, he was, in, he was in Texas for the race, the race where Jesse ended up getting in a crash that he was half a lap behind somehow, some way. But when they interviewed him before the race or during the race or whatever, I don't think he fully grasps, like – what his team exactly is or how good they should be. Cause I think, I think he was expecting Jesse to be like, you know, Hey, this guy can go up there and run with the leaders or something like that. We're all watching on TV. Like, no, no, sir. That's, that's not the case. I wonder if he's thinking he got scammed at this point. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure he's definitely not happy with the return on investment. No. And God, when you're tearing up cars each and every week, that can't be good. No. But, but case in point, Jesse's a nice guy. He can own a car. That's fine. Hand the driving over to somebody else. If you want to drive, go back to Arca. Go back to, to what's well, now Arca Menards, East and West. Go back to these lower series and learn more because that's what he didn't do. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid he's going to end up hurting somebody. And I hate to say yeah. that, but when we go to these tracks where you're running 190, 200 miles an hour and he's not aware the leader's coming up behind him or something like that, this could go – get really bad and I don't want to see that happen. yeah somebody else who was having a bad day on Saturday was J uh, AJ Allmendinger which when you go to a road course whether it's raining or not you're like pick Allmendinger that's an easy pick to win he wrecked before the green flag even came out he had a disastrous day going but through all the attrition, including Ty Gibbs getting taken out by Jesse Awuji there was AJ Allmendinger at the end of the race and he came away with the win and like even his post-race interview like I don't even think he was able to enjoy it that much because he knew how bad of a day they had. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, there's a lot about this, this race that I just, I wasn't, I didn't enjoy. I mean, obviously it reminded me a lot of Coda last year, where it was just, it was a mess. Yeah. It's poor, you know, whatever, but to make these Xfinity teams literally drive the entire way across the country I mean, like, I was reading some stuff on Twitter, and I don't know if you know more about this than I do, but, like, where some of these teams lost – knew they were going to lose money before going to the racetrack. Yeah. That's I saw, tough. I saw some figures out there that said, basically, if you finish in the top ten, you might break even, if you're lucky. Yeah. And, you know, with the amount of wrecks and guys sliding off course, I don't think anybody broke even. I think everybody lost money because of all the damage that was done from driving on a wet racetrack. Um so, yeah, driving all the way out there, and it's a really short race, too. It was only 147 miles, 75 laps. And it's like, okay, well, at least make the race longer or at least, you know, have them run Sonoma this weekend where you have a two-for-one going all the way out to the West Coast. But, yeah, you're driving however many thousands of miles, 
gas is obviously very expensive right now. The purses aren't that great to begin with. So, yeah, every team's in the red coming away from this one. And I assume it's going to be back on the schedule next year, but it should definitely put it at the end of the West Coast swing or something like that. Give these guys more of a, you know, a better situation than just driving out there for one weekend. I agree. So, you know, I didn't know much about this track before they went out there. I saw the IndyCar race there a couple years ago. It's okay, um, but nothing about it really wowed me. No. So it might be back next year, maybe, maybe not. I did hear that they need a lot of facility upgrades because this track was not not in the best condition to be hosting a, a top three series. I heard there was like, they didn't have card readers for the, you know, souvenirs and stuff like that. It was cash only. Like, yeah, you got you to gotta do better than that if you're going to be hosting a Cup Rex Finish. Yeah, you have to. So the Truck Series also raced on Saturday. Uh, they raced at Gateway. Corey Heim came away with the win after battling uh, there late in the race. Uh, the, the big talking point away from this race, though, was uh, the Carson Hosovar situation. Of course, he came so close to winning his first race last weekend at Charlotte, you know, was looking pretty strong there on Saturday at uh, Gateway as well. He gets caught up in this wreck on the last lap, gets T-boned in the door, and for some reason, the AMR safety team took their sweet time getting to him, and we, we haven't gotten an official diagnosis from him. He says he's waiting to hear from, uh, you know, more medical professionals, but it sounds like he's messed up his ankle pretty bad, like maybe he got stuck in the doorway or something like that. Um, but, but a lot of discussion going around about the response team uh, getting to him so slowly when he was very clearly screaming for help. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I'm sure you saw the video um, the uh, of the audio, and it just it, – it's tough to listen to. I mean, clearly in a ton of pain, just sitting there helpless. I, I mean, you know, it, it just – obviously you hope and pray for the best for him. Um, it just the fact that like I read his statement yesterday talked about like seeing what the specialist had to say like that just he really could have some big time issues and obviously we're not going to sit here and speculate on what but it's it's not something like he's got a you know a hurt toe it's yeah. something serious yeah and you know he's still on the entry list this weekend for Sonoma that can obviously change between now and then but you know if I were to break my ankle the last place I would want to go to after that is a road course where you're having to shift and break a lot and really having to use those feet. Um, now, of course, I'm sure you can get a playoff waiver and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, you really hate it for a guy that's had all this momentum. Again, he was so close to winning his first career race last week, and you'd hate to think that he'd have a setback to, uh, you know, maybe keep him out for a couple races. Yeah, yeah. Just hopefully the news will come back okay, and, you know, if he races this weekend, great, and if it takes a few weeks, then get healthy, and we'll see in a few weeks. You want to know something that occurred to me earlier this week as the calendar turned to June? Uh, the Truck Series playoffs actually start next month. Did you realize that? Uh, not until I think you tweeted it. Yeah, they uh, and their playoffs are so spaced out. It's like one race, two weeks off, one race, two weeks off. Like, they're essentially, because July is the seventh month of the year, yeah, their playoffs are going to take about four months to complete. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I don't understand. I don't understand the truck schedule because when you get to this point in time of the year, it's like you see them every month essentially. Yeah, and it's like you you can't build any excitement because oh, the last time you were on track was three weeks ago. Yeah, and it used to be like once you got into the summer months, you're getting the truck series almost every single weekend. Um, you know, through June or July. But again, I guess they like keeping it at that five race schedule when you're moving tracks around and dates and stuff like that. You know, obviously the truck series is the third priority at the end of the day. They kind of end up getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. 
Um, but they are going to be going out to Sonoma this weekend, which, you know, you talk about the Xfinity Series driving all the way out to Portland. Now you're making the Truck Series go all the way out to Sonoma, where their payouts are even less. And it's a truck race at a road course. What do you think is going to happen? Nobody's yeah. going to make a profit off of this one. Disaster. Yeah. So um, it's just kind of like, I, I like having, you know, an additional race to Sonoma. Sonoma is a very fun track. Um, but yeah, we can think about, we can think about the schedule a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into our cinema picks, we do have a couple of quick notes, uh, news wise. I, this one kind of confused me a little bit. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports is going to field an Xfinity car out of their own shop. The number 17 HendrickCars.com Chevrolet. Um, I thought that running the 88 car was effectively their Xfinity car, but I, I guess not. They're going to add another one. Well, it sounds like they say, you know, they didn't want to, um, asked Junior Motorsports to pair another car, so they just took it upon themselves to be like, hey, we'll do this. But you got to think, because JRM is effectively their Xfinity Series team anyway, they're going to have a big hand in preparing this car regardless. So I'm, I'm just a little confused by this. You would think. But I don't know. Hey, at least they got Alex Bowman to ride this time, because uh, when they announced that 88 lineup, Bowman was the only one that got excluded, and it's like, that's kind of weird. Um, but he's at yeah. least a good shot to drive the uh, – I do think it's cool that they're running the 17, obviously, in, in tribute to Ricky Hendrick, um, you know, Rick's son. So that is pretty neat. Um, and, I mean, that car is going to be fast whenever they end up uh, racing and, um, you know, putting those cup guys behind the wheel. So it's going to be one to watch out for. Mm-hmm. And I will say now that, you know, Kyle Busch has done with the Xfinity Series after winning over 100 races, when you do have a cup guy jump down like we do see sporadically, it does feel a little bit more special now. Like, hey – Cool. Chase Elliott's racing the Xfinity Series race this weekend. It doesn't feel like there's this overbearing presence like there used to be. Like, I enjoy these guys doing one-offs and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, and too, like, when they step in the car, it's not, well, they're going to win. Yeah. You know, you know, they'll be competitive. But every time Kyle Busch got in the car, it was like, well, you know, who's going to win this one? Yeah. And again, I don't think the Xfinity Series should be devoid of Cup Series talent because – I mean, how did a guy like Chase Elliott really put his name on the map? He went out there and beat cup guys in what was then the Nationwide Series, and it shows, hey, mate, this kid's got it. Um, so I do think there's, right. that still needs to be there, just not every single week. Yeah. Speaking of guys making a name for themselves, Roger Carruth, uh, you, uh, made, you told me this before we started recording, he got a couple more races uh, to run with Spire Motorsports. Um, he ran a couple weeks ago, um, and then he's run the Xfinity Series Ralpha Prime Racing. And we didn't get to talk about the, the Charlotte Arca race last week, but this guy, he was dead sideways the entire time. I don't know how he held on to that car, but he turns a lot of heads. And, I've, you know, I've kept up with him. He's coming up through the ranks a little bit, so I knew how good of a driver he is. But I think he, he proved a lot of people that he's got a lot of talent in that Arca race last weekend. And um, I'm excited what he can do with uh, more races in the Spire truck. Yeah, and it's, it'll be a good truck, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, one more piece of news, and this has kind of been – you know, nobody's been talking about it, but Martin Trex Jr. finally kind of came out and said that he's not sure what his career is past this season. Um, you know, he said there should be an announcement in a couple of weeks whether he comes back or not. But when you kind of think back to how this season has gone, I mean, they've had speed, and he was obviously in position to win that Las Vegas race, um, him and Kyle Busch battling. But it's been very Untrex-like. He's not dominating. He's not winning stages. He's just kind of there. And, you know, that kind of rolls into how it's been the past couple of years. I know we got a couple wins last year, but 2020 was pretty disappointing. 2021 was okay. It just feels like maybe he's lost a little bit of his touch. Yeah, and it's one of those, I mean, 
obviously he's a very talented driver and big changes the past year, both on and off the track for him. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I'd hate to see him go because I think he's just a, I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good race car driver, and I, you know, I think he's what the sport's meant to be for. Um, but it's, I mean, you know, reading the tea leaves, it feels like he's more leaning towards retirement. I don't know if that's what feel or. It seems like a lot of it stems from this brand new car. And when you look at guys like him, guys like Kevin Harvick, they're kind of having a tough time getting a hold of this thing. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to race for only two or three more seasons, do I really want to spend that entire amount of time trying to figure this new car out? Or should I just go ahead and cut my losses and call it quits now? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is obviously if he were to step away, that's a, a huge opening. Yeah. I mean, straight to the top of, of openings for next year. And obviously the question will be, well, what about Ty Gibbs? Is he ready? Is he ready? Joe Gibbs Racing's already said that's not happening. Yeah. Now we'll see. I mean, they, they did thrust Daniel Suarez into the 19 and we saw how that turned out, um, yeah. you know, for him, unfortunately, but um, it'd be interesting to see who they would go after to, to fill that seat. I think you got to go after John Hunter Nemechek. I don't think there's any other option. He's up there. One of the guys I think Bob Pockers mentioned was Tyler Reddick. And I thought that was interesting because so, he's. You know what? I think he is in his last year of his contract, which shows racing, which I got to say, and, you know, I know Austin Dillon has more experience. Reddick's the better driver, and he's elevated that team a ton. He could easily have like two to three wins this year already. Um, I, I got to imagine Richard Childress is going to fight tooth and nail not to let him go because. He is bringing that team up to a different level. But if he got in that 19 car, he'd be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll definitely be something to watch. But um, it sounds like, because, you know, they're going to race Sonoma this weekend, going to have Father's Day off. By the time we return to Nashville, we should know what Martin Shex Jr. is going to be doing next year. Yeah, we should know something. So that's, you know, that's, uh, th- this is kind of where the, uh, the silly season is really going to get rolling as we get to these summer months. Yep. Mentioned Sonoma going there this weekend, and they've returned the short shoot. They've gotten rid of the carousel. They've brought back the chicane. Uh, I think that's between turns nine and ten. Very, very happy about this. I did not like the carousel. It did not provide passing opportunities. And I always love seeing those guys, like, run over the rumble strips and swing it way out wide. And I guess that's turn number ten. So glad that's returning this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Um, We do have a doubleheader. Uh, going to have the truck series on Saturday and the uh, cup series on Sunday. Xfinity series going to be off until they race at uh, Nashville in a couple weeks. A lot of leeches coming down for the truck series race, as they often do when they're running at road courses and stuff. Got some big cup names, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, Harrison Burton, Bowman, uh, and Austin Dillon as well. Who picks up the win on the uh, truck's inaugural trip to Sonoma? I think it should be Alex Bowman. Okay. Admiral. Run a code a couple weeks ago. Yep. And I think, too, I, I think that, you know, one of the things with the, the truck series and is for these cup guys coming down is that they don't have to worry about points. They don't care. You know, so they're going to be the entire race. We know with road courses is all about setting up strategy to, to win at the end, and, and I think that you'll definitely need that this weekend. It's all a low-hanging fruit, but I'm going to pick Kyle Busch. This has been a less-than-stellar year for him on the truck series front, um, but he's a great road racer. He knows Sonoma like the back of his hands, won there several times. Um, I think this is an easy pick for this one. Mm-hmm. Cup Series on Sunday, 350 kilometers at Sonoma. Uh, who got? 
Well, we just talked about him having a lot of news surrounding him. I think Truex is going to be in the news for all the right reasons this weekend. I think he's going to get the job done. I'm going to pick somebody that, uh, man, he's shown the speed this year, and obviously his teammates doing really well. I'm actually going to go Daniel Suarez. Mm-hmm. That would uh, put both track house cars in the playoffs, something I don't think any of us saw coming. No, definitely not. So, I, I don't know. Uh, Sonoma's a very fun road course. It's obviously been on the schedule forever. Um, so, you know, it, it's one that we're all very, very familiar with. Again, very happy that we have the short shoot chicane uh, coming back. I think this is going to be a fun race. Yeah, it should be. And the final farewell to NASCAR on Fox, at least for the Cup Series um, in 2022, which I think we're all very thankful for. Yeah, and Tony Stewart's in the booth. I, I, he was good earlier this year. I'm excited to see him back. How, okay, drinking game. How many times are they going to show his 2016 win over the course of the broadcast or bring it up? At least a dozen. Throughout the weekend practices and everything, at least a dozen. Every time they show Denny Hamlin on the track at any point, you know they're going to bring it up. Mm-hmm. But no, Smoke's been great in the booth. I'm really excited because he's, I mean, he's a road course expert. I'm really excited to hear uh, what perspective he can bring to the broadcast on Sunday. Better than Michael Waltrip, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Poor old Mike. But uh, talking about him being a road course guy, I'd be interested to see what he has to say about the new car. Yes. And how it, I think that's going to be really interesting, him detailing the car. Obviously, he owns a team. He knows the technicalities of it. So, and he's drove the car before. So, I'm excited for that. Can't wait for it. All right, we'll be back next week to break it all down. And then uh, whew, we have a off weekend coming up after that. Yeah. yeah. So for Don't Know My Lex, I'm Tyler Head. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.